Hello, Earthlets. My name is Conrad, and this is the 163rd episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where we try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're taking a break from the weekly progs and venturing into the exciting world of special editions. In this case, the 1987 Sci-Fi Special. We're seeing these specials be a testing ground for new 2080 talent combined with uh, classic 2080 action and others. And now several pages, of course, of the Judge Dread Saturday comics. For better or for worse, though, this special also does have a rare entry in the Nemesis the Warlock photo strips, which is, you know, has its own charms, I suppose. Um, the price of the special has gone up to 75 pence this year. But more important than that is my guest for this episode, Alex Firth of Heroes of 2000 AD. Welcome to the show, Alex. Borak Thang, Conrad. All right. Yeah, welcome aboard for sure. Really glad to have you here talking, you know, late 80s, 2080 action for sure. Yeah, it's pretty special, this special. <laughs> Absolutely. Be- before we get started, I was wondering uh, could, if, if you could tell us your history with 2000 AD. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I started reading 2000 AD not long before this special came out. Um, and I'm one of those who had a big brother who started it before me. And I was kind of reading his progs over ah. his shoulder. Um, and I, sort of in my memory of it, I, I would look at his weekly progs, but I often didn't read that much of them because I all found it a bit grown up. And I definitely remember sooner or later starting and thinking, this looks weird. I don't get it. There's jokes <laughs> about unemployment. It's strange. Um but I, what I really got into was the best of 2080 monthly that kind of started printing, and that you, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've seen ads for it when you've been doing your read through. Yeah, definitely. We've definitely and that had some that. pretty classic. So I got, you know, straight in with the sort of early Nemesis, um, a whole lot of great Strontium Dog, um, and th- I think Judge Death might have been my first Judge Dread story that I read, and turns out it's a pretty good one to start with. Oh, amazing! Yeah, that's definitely um, a great way to jump in. For yeah, sure. and then so uh, this was I was a pair about. I'm going to say I was eight or nine at this time. And then I kind of like my brother kept on getting the weekly prog and I did basically stop reading it by the time it got into the 500s because it was just too grown up. And like Mm -hmm. Zenith is kind of the epitome to me of a story that this is for bigger children than me. I don't get it. Um, And then I um, only kind of came to embrace it a little bit later. So I think from about basically Judge Dredd Necropolis, that's Mm -hmm. when I started really reading it just for me and you know, my brother kept on getting it, but it was really my comic at that point, and I've never looked back since. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, that's a, th- th- that's really interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think we are sort of as we as we're moving into '87, you can really feel the uh, the progs kind of g- like getting more grown up, or f- you know, or maybe not full, you know, maybe grown up's the wrong term, but you know, aiming towards those readers that might have been like eight or ten in 1977 have now sort of moved into their teens or early 20s or something yeah like that. yeah definitely i think the the writers and artists are trying to be cleverer which is i i kind of approve of it it left me a bit cold at the time but i like it now yeah i think it makes uh, sense when you're older you know it's just yeah. less fun when you're actually a kid for it right yeah and I, I i hadn't heard i hadn't heard any music by the smiths at the time but i kind of knew that i should like them because 2080 told me that i have to like the smiths <laughs> It took about 20 years before I actually did like them, but you know. <laughs> That's reasonable. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, so I want to ask you about uh, your your blog, uh, Heroes of 2000 AD. Like what made you decide to start that? Well, that kind of ties into the question of why I was quite excited to do this 1987 2000 AD sci-fi special. Oh, excellent. I was going to ask you that Because well. there's, a, there's a filler page coming up when we go through it that is basically the proto-origins of what I'm sort of doing on the Heroes of 2000 AD. But the the basics of that that blog is that I um, every time I write an entry, which used to be like you know at least once a week and is now barely once a month, but um, it's I take a creator, so like a, one of the writers or one of the artists or the colorist or the editors who, and and just kind of write about what they've done in 2000 AD and my kind of personal take on if they've got some sort of themes running through all their work, mm-hmm. and I started doing it because. The internet is supposed to be this place where you can find absolutely anything, and if, you know you can't. <laughs> it's just yeah. not true. You want to look up. <laughs> tell me something about I don't know. Say Mike Collins and Mark Farmer to pick two of the artists in this special. You can find vague stuff about them, but you can't really find someone just kind of going through in depth and saying, "This is what this guy did. He worked 2008 for a long time. Let's have yeah. a look at it." No, and that, I thought, yeah. well, if no one else has done it, I want to read about it. I better write it. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's actually yeah. I feel like I've I honestly I feel a similar idea for for Space Spinner itself. You know where just you know sometimes you have to make your make the content you want to see sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially uh, for something that's kind of underserved like 2000 AD. Especially when you compare it to like I don't know, there's like a thousand like Marvel wikis or something like that. Yeah, it's amazing. And there's something special about what you you and Fox are doing is that I think there is a certain amount of. 2000 AD content that covers like maybe the first year of progs because I guess that was a pretty big deal in mm-hmm. the UK when it happened. And then obviously over the last sort of 10 or 15 years, there's, you know, people being kind of talking about each new issue. Right. But you're kind of hitting that sweet spot of like, it was 2000 AD, it hit its stride. It was kind of in one of its like first golden age periods, but there's not really anything online about it. And then there's like you guys like, so yeah. now I get to hear what people think of Metal Zoic, which at the time was like, there's some crazy robots here, but I yeah. have no idea what's going on. What does anyone else think of this? <laughs> I mean, I feel sim- I, I feel like that is my take, but like, you know, if just to agree with you, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I th- for me, I feel like there's so – like I agree with you. I really feel like, yeah, those first year or two of 2008 is really well covered. I think it's because a lot of people have an idea of I'm going to do every – I'm going to do every 2008 prog and like – uh, you know 150 progs in you it's 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 really easy to lose steam you know yeah, <laughs> yeah you guys the, have got the staying power it's just <laughs> it's like it's the definitely one thing of just me and fox just sort of hammering away <laughs> at, <laughs> doing this stuff that you know we've now re- we, we, we we we've reached this mid-80s period where i think pe- where most people who 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 do their prog slogs are sort of starting to skip skip big sections or something like that but yeah, you've got to keep reading all that ace got up to the end <sighs> You know, like for better or for worse, we're definitely like there's definitely ups and downs. You know, yeah. I I do want to say, I, like in a similar vein, I've really appreciated your blog, especially um in, in the early days, just because there have been time, you know, when I was sort of still developing my 2000 AD impressions, because it is really interesting just to have some set like you know people who have ideas about things. I know I took a lot, um, I I I took a lot of your writing to heart for like uh. Jesus Redondo, when we mm. talked about him and um, and Wolfie Smith, especially this sort of change of of Wolfie to be to becoming like the villain of the piece and being actually kind yeah. of a bad guy and stuff. That's very much sort of influenced by by your writings um, and as, as well as other, uh, as well as others. But definitely like oh. a big a, a big part of that's heroes and for other guys too, just to kind of keep things in mind. Oh, I, I really you. appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I do. I, I I kind of I'm sort of getting to the point where. I'm not going to keep doing it forever because I. the other thing that happens on the blog is that I've, the order in which I'm doing each kind of contributor's entry is based on adding up how many progs they've kind of had some work mm-hmm. in. And I kind of decided that once I get to people who've had like fewer than 50, <laughs> yeah. it's probably like it might be more effort than I'm willing to put in. And maybe it's not fair on them to say that you've done 50 issues of work, but can you really say what someone's like? I mean, I think Given there's, there's people yeah. like John Wagner who've done thousands. <laughs> right. Yeah. More, more than there actually are procs. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love those big lists that, that you have in there. I, um, yeah. Mm. Who contributed once, um, or who contributed the most. You, you did really deep dive once about, uh, letterers that, 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 that was really interesting. And just yeah. Sort of- that's, that's one that I probably could, you know, I didn't do the kind of, most of the time I do as accurate maths as I can, but with the letterers, when Barney doesn't have all the information, and that's you know Barney's the most amazing 2080 resource that Absolutely. the internet has, <laughs> yeah. yeah, then it's like okay, you could lock yourself in an attic for a year counting everything, but I haven't <laughs> gone that far. <laughs> I know. I'm, well, I'm 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 really interested for like uh, for like any podcast to show up and just sort of get like you know get this yeah you know it 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 feels like the, this real star of 2008 or you know maybe behind the scenes star but like you know these some, some of these big big characters that haven't or creators that that haven't quite showed up yet i'm very excited mm. to, for them to arrive and just be like all right now we've got like the full team you know well we've got a we've got a behind the scenes guy coming up in this special that um you may or may not know oh i'm so excited i'll tease know. that for the yeah. listeners okay I'm, I'm excited to hear i'm always interested you know i'm so i'm very um what you call it yeah, I know some stuff, but I'm very much at 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 the mercy of of when I'm able to like look things up in the history books and stuff yeah. like that. It's sort of you know it can be difficult sometimes. Oh man! All right, yeah. So so you're picking this thing this special just because it's it's really close to your start or one of the first things that that that, that you read in 2080. That that that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I really, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. I, I don't remember buying this issue, but I remember it being around the house from mm-hmm. an early time, and it's got 
starting at the beginning, it's got quite a striking cover, which frankly bears no relation to what's on the insides. I mean, it's got all the characters there, but they look kind of mean and moody. And this is one of the silliest collection of special stories. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the, we can uh, get into that. <laughs> yeah, the special open. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a Gary Leach cover. And I think it's actually got kind of a CGI look almost. Like if you had – Yeah. If, if, if you're rendering, it's a, it's it's like, you know, Dread, Johnny Alpha, Nemesis, and Tharg. And, and like you said, they all look very angry. You're sort of looking <laughs> at them – you're looking at them from like a kid's height almost. Like you're sort of like shoulder yeah. up on dread and kind of looking up at his, at his frowning face. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is sort of That's a, a good thought. Actually. Yeah. It is a children's eye view. And you think, yeah, these guys are mean, but yeah. I mean, it's sort of a theme for, for specials. I, 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 I think last year, the special had dread. You could sort of see like a Juve reflected in like his helmet visor and stuff. These very <laughs> confrontational sci-fi special covers. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah. And, and, and like I said, this one's because it's kind of grainy and stuff. It looks like, um, like, like early, like CGI or 3D models to me almost. Like what you get in like a, in, in, in like a PlayStation one game or something like that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty great cover to be honest, but yeah. I imagine it took him quite a long time. I think Gary Leach is one of those who's known for being good, but taking his time to be good. I think that's true. Yeah. And then on the inside, there's the table of contents and a very scratchy Dave McKean, Judge Dredd. Mm. And I, I, as far as I know, he's not done anything else for 2018, despite being one of like comics most illustrious names. Yeah, it's one of these so, – sometimes these specials have really big names in them. But they sort of show up a little bit, you know. It's like yeah. – it's, it's a very weird thing. Yeah, so we got the tale of contents. We're going in. And let's get to the meat of this here special with 301 Judge Dredd. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Script, script robot for Judge Dredd, uh, John Wagner, Alan Grant, art robot Mike Collins and Mark Farmer, letting robot Tom Frame. And this is th- this – Excellent period where Wagner and Grant can just sort of have their names be in the uh, in the prog itself. It's a very brief, like I think it's just sort of like late eighty six to eighty into into like into Oz, basically, where you see both their names in like the in progs and specials and stuff until they they split up as a writing partnership. Yeah, basically. I guess it wasn't. They didn't have much much time after this. It must have been yeah in the last year of their partnership. Yeah. So this story uh, starts. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying it, it's it, it, it's a classic example of them doing what they do. But let's let's, oh, let's yeah. tell the story. <laughs> yeah. So a a sky train has hit Mega City One weather weather control, causing a massive heat wave. There's weather ladies just quitting live on TV because there's no air conditioning. Whole city's just out looking for shade, and it's very like you know like a pressure cooker. Riots are breaking out for no reasons. Hospital admissions and suicides are up. Crime has doubled. Oh, it's terrible. Yes. <laughs> Also causing trouble, though, is a march by the end of the world society, which is just really, you know, bringing everybody's mood down, you know? Uh, yeah, dread, but you've uh, got to have that in Mega City 1. It's not, you know, I you mean, need, a, you need a, a flash craze. Definitely. Listen, I mean, and this one isn't even a, even a flash craze because Dread stops them and they um, signed up. They got a permit for this parade like three weeks ago. You know, they they got their – dotted their I's and crossed their T's. But man, it's too hot for the end of the world. So Dredd just tears <laughs> up their uh, their permit, sends them all to the cubes. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. we need nine, yeah, 90 days for incitement or until the end of the world, whichever comes first. <laughs> yes. that, that could be the, the ending right there, frankly, that is. It's, yeah, no, that's pretty. Yeah, that'd be a good like uh, like a daily dread strip or something like that, where you just kind of get in, get out, got got the punchline yeah. definitely. But after this, dreads called into the sleep machine, where like all judges, he gets ten minutes, a full night's sleep in ten minutes, and he's back on the beat. There's more doomers at the Hypno Times Square for telling doom as pe- and now it's so hot people are actually melting down, like literally just like turning oh. into piles of goop and. It's proper 1980s horror film goo. Definitely. Like, yeah. Melting man. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's trying to pizza the hut. You know, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, and as this happens, one of the doomers calls out, behold, the dark riders, the horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, and it's real awesome. <laughs> Just yeah. The, the four horse for the apocalypse appear. They're real cool. They're gigantic. They all got different weapons. We see pestilence like take a scythe to a city block and just like cut the entire top of it and we see like a, a cross section of the of the block and the scythe cutting through a bunch of people at like shoulder level it's really amazing <laughs> yeah they're uh-huh. 
the judges try to fight back. Their bike cannons do nothing. The Manta tanks do nothing. They get called in. It's no use. The horsemen take all of them out. And seeing no other options, Dredd calls in the nukes. A, a, a nukes fired from the Alexander Haig silo right next to the Ollie North block. Of course, both members of the of the of the Reagan administration. Um, and <laughs> nuclear fire burns up both the horsemen and Dredd. Just some real yes. awesome full page things of of, uh, of the horsemen burning up and Dredd just being like, ah, "I'm burning." When yeah, suddenly, yeah, that is yeah. As a nuclear meltdown and a half, it's just getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Yeah, definitely. Dread's going to show and up then, and well, kind of deal with these UGs and stuff. Well, then he wakes up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a dream. He was in a sleep machine that malfunctioned and caught fire the whole time. Boo. <laughs> I'm not into just this. Just a bad dream, says Judge Dredd. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, sorry about the uh, dream machines being broken. He's, Dredd's like, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Ah. Uh, <laughs> But, I, uh, you know, I was pretty bummed by this, I got to say. Um, just just the idea of it being this ridiculous situation and then it being all the dr- all a dream, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's something to be said for the idea that these sleep machines are kind of this ridiculously amazing invention that if you could really have 10 minutes in a machine that gave you a night's rest and maybe they could go wrong sometimes. It seems like, yeah, there'd have to be that's some... That's the angle they're playing the story at. It's just like... That's, yeah, yeah. I, and and it's, it's it's just because so much of dread gets so ridiculous that you know this yeah. being like because there it's not like there haven't been giant figures of mythology destroying the city before in Judge Dread you know that happened in like the in like the Warlord story yeah yeah exactly you know? although you kind of wonder why he would think that a nuclear bomb would work if they're kind of psychic mythical creature I think it's just the last step you know I, I don't know yeah, I didn't think to call inside a vision I guess it's very much you know Dredd just has what's to hand in any situation I guess oh man but it's got you know it's worth saying that it's got some some kind of really fun art and, and like lots of crowd scenes and all the like especially the first half like ridiculous mega citizens yeah all being- these all these mega sisters are, are, are super hot. So they're all like like wearing like short like shorts and yeah. shorts and <laughs> not shirts and stuff like There's that. There's the man definitely. who's got this kind of strap on shower with just like kind of constantly sprays water all over him <laughs> as he's walking along. Absolutely, yeah, I I, yeah. I love a chance for crazy mega citizens. Absolutely, that's yeah, yeah. And you know, you can't begrudge an artist getting to do a full page splash of four horsemen and a dread burning up in a holocaust. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. You know, I'm just sort yeah. of also like, you know, Dredd Dred, Dred arrested Satan once. You know, we can. Yeah. You could find a way to make this actually happen. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you could. It's a, it's a letdown of an ending. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. Uh, Will the special get better? Yeah. Speaking of letdowns, it's a uh, thrill to star pinup in 2080 hit list. I mean, first it's just a uh, Beauty and the Beast, which you know. I mean, I I, I say it's a letdown just because it's not actual stories, but a, a fun kind of yeah. Johnny Alpha pinup as he fights a deadly tentacle beast with just like this fence in between them. It, it's painted, and I think it might. It, it's a scare. I can't really tell. It, um, it doesn't say, but it must be like, especially the way he's drawn the face. It's so yeah. uh, squarey that. Unless someone's doing a really good impression, <laughs> right? Yes, it's yeah. it's scare, scare or scare, uh, uh inspired, which is just as good, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, indeed. It's a good pinup. But, yeah, um, and then we go to the hit list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this um, is this is me. This is what what I obsessed over when I first read this special. <laughs> I've definitely i I know I've, I've seen this page linked on your blog just because it's got that the, mm. the, this big bank of all the different. Um, story um titles with the like their special fonts yeah. and stuff and stuff like that which i think is 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 pretty excellent also yeah yeah that that was particularly the bit is like because at the time you know i'd i'd read like maybe the previous well i hadn't read all of them but i had access to maybe the previous 50 progs mm-hmm. so i hadn't heard of a lot of the older stuff and um so i should should say to people so what the hit list is is that um a 2008 superfan 1987 style named Alan Thompson, who may or may not still be alive, went through all his back progs and wrote out in order how many times each thrill had appeared in the comic. So my blog is doing it for creators, but he was doing it for stories. So obviously you've got Judge Dredd as the top of the hit list with 497 appearances out of 500. Yeah. And all the way down at the bottom, you've got Brand New Thrill, Bad Company, which yeah, as just, a prog just 500, 500 had just one yeah. story. Um, but then... I don't know how whoever put this together chose which stories to to show the logos of to kind of whet the appetite of people like me who hadn't got back progs. But I remember <laughs> thinking, wow, Colony Earth, Death Planet, those sure look pretty special. 
and eventually of course i got to go back and read them but yeah I when mean, all you've got is a name and a logo that could just the promise if something is there oh definitely yeah I love all these logos. I always, I always like um, how like Blackhawks logo like like is in chains and stuff. That's a really cool one. Yeah, there's so many great ones. Yeah, actually, this is part of a of, of a larger movement within the annuals um, and 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 the special this year um, because we just hit like Prague 500 and we're on the verge of like the 10 year anniversary and stuff. There's a lot of spe- of features in these specials that are that are sort of looking back on 2000 yes. on 2000 AD like yeah. a. Dread's got a big one that's, that that breaks down like it is a list of all the Dread stories and like top like who's done the the most writing, who's done the most art and stuff. The writing one's kind of funny because it's like it's like the the top five most frequent um, Judge Dread writers and like three of them are John Wagner um, pseudonyms, you know. Oh, in these different pseudonyms, <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. So it's like you know T B <laughs> Grover and and uh, John Howard, you know, <laughs> and mm. like uh, Grant Grover, or whatever. It's a it's a funny thing. I mean, I'd like to know, like, presumably the people putting the specials together wanted to fill pages. And I guess after 10 years, they felt like we should celebrate what we've done. But I wonder if they knew that there'd be young readers like me who would think this is the only way that I have to find out what used to be in 2000 AD. I mean, I think they... I, I, I couldn't just go online and look yeah. at the, you know, day space. I mean, I, I bet there's pieces of that just because, I mean, the specials are also where they reprint stuff, where you get, at, like, you know, last year we got, at, where you, you'd get access to Shaco. It'd be the only place to get it would be in like that annual, for instance, because it's just Yeah, not, yeah that's, where, that's my first encounter with Shaco was that annual. You know, I mean, I, there are some forbidden reprints or forbidden planet reprints, but it, it mm. is just generally difficult to get a lot of these older, older stories once yeah. they've sort of left – once, once they've left newsstands, it's very much up, up to collectors and people like uh, bundling specific things. Um, I, I think it's interesting also in this list just just how things are uh, are, are are separated. I noticed there's like different there's separate entries for future shocks, time twisters, and robo tales, which I know personally I sort of lump those all in as future shocks as opposed to separate. Yeah, them I'm I'm inclined to agree with you there, but. Um... But I mean, they are different at, at the time. There's also stuff like I don't know, like like one or two, um, like like non-future shock stories. I just sort of like oh, like I don't know if like a like like I I I really like side testers. It's one of my it's a it's it's like Mike Dory's last work in the Prague, and it's really great. But that's yeah, that's much. a great one. But, uh, but yeah, in my head, that's kind of a, a two-part future shock. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, yeah. it's 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 a really its own thing. But I mean. <laughs> counterpoint like you know i i haven't really put together a big list like this so if if, <laughs> if he wants to do it I, I won't stand in their way absolutely yeah. you know although they do they have miscounted bonjo which only has three installments and i know it's gotten more than that for sure although it was sort of maybe small because the they were all they were only sort of three or four panels long he felt they didn't merit a full mm. that's it yeah i, I could definitely okay, see they're, that they're yeah. also yeah <laughs> Um, but now, now you can tell that much, Comrade yeah. that, that he's read at least 219 future shocks, so that will cheer him up. It's always the right time, you know. But <laughs> speaking of shocking futures, mm. it's Thrill 3, Nemesis the Warlock. <laughs> uh, script about Pat Mills and Tony Luke, art about Tony Luke, letting her about Mark King. Um, early it's a photo strip. Oh, it's... no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, this is just – after listening to so much of like Where Eagles Dare and other things about photo strips, it, it is interesting to, to see them in uh, 2000 AD here for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, f- early work here by Tony Luke. He'll go, do, go on to write some stuff in the progs and in the megs a- and in the meg. And you know, yeah, there's basically two Nemesis photo strips. It's this one and the one in the progs that we're a little ways out from. Um, it's it, it, it's pretty funny though because in the progs we just um, – th- there was just a nerve center – where Tharg said, like, um, come to Forbidden Planet because uh, uh, Pat Mills and Brian Talbot are doing a signing and you can see reasonable facsimiles of Nemesis and Torquemada and Purity Brown. So presumably this is where when – the when, when all these photos were taken in like February yeah, it must be. 1987. I think reasonable facsimile is, is probably just about fair. Yeah. I th- it's it, 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 yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know. <laughs> The, the Nemesis costume's fine, I guess. It's definitely like what I'd expect for someone trying to do a big cosplay thing in like 1987, I think. Mm. I'd really love to see mo- like 
modern cosplay try to do like a nemesis and a Torquemada. I, th- I think that could be really amazing. Just like the guys that have like, you know, full like power suits from like Overwatch yeah. at like a, a comics convention and stuff. You probably could. There's someone, yeah, a full nemesis would be a sight to behold. Absolutely. Someone must have tried it somewhere. You, um, and I, I, I don't so. know the, the, the background details, but Tony Luke was attempting to make some kind of nemesis movie, whether it was meant to be a full length one, I don't know. But he managed to make some claymation footage. And I wonder if this photo strip was at one point like a test run for doing a, like a, a storyboard for an actual kind of movie with actors. But um, yeah, in any yeah. event, it didn't happen. But we get yeah. left with this. It, 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 it definitely could be. Or it's, it's got sort of that early thing of like we've we made some mock-ups and maybe – if we get some some real money, we can make like like fancier versions of them or something. Yeah. But yeah, this one's fun. I mean, th- this is a pretty fun story, I guess. It, it to me, it is a little confusing actually in terms of just where we are in the Nemesis story because Nemesis and and, and Purity Brown seem to be chasing Torquemada through time, which they haven't really start. Mm. They don't really start doing until like fall of of 1987 with the two Torquemadas. You know, we're still yeah. It's it must be some book six and the start of book seven but yeah um it's it, 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 it oh go ahead i'm sorry they let it lie they're, they're yeah. hanging around in in modern day london yeah no reason to get too too snippy about it i say um you know yeah purity nemesis are <laughs> there they're wandering london nemesis is using a psychic disguise although in the opening picture you can see at least one lady is not fooled and is kind of checking out this weird nemesis weird nemesis yeah. monster <laughs> that, that that's walking through town they like get some tea and discuss their differences when suddenly Nemesis detects Torquemada. Oh no! <laughs> uh, the Grand Master's entering Forbidden Planet. He he attacks the owner and he says that this place should be full of holy tracks of his holy tracks, not these filthy yeah. Nemesis collections. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which the, they're probably a big stand-up because there was that that signing going on there today. Um, yeah, there must have been, and uh, yeah. Um, so, and I think I think it's Nick Landau. I'm not sure how to okay. say Landau. Don't know. Yeah, who's, who's the owner of the shop? And he was he's the kind of the hidden background figure. And he was kind of Tharg for about 50 progs early in the early days. That's right. And he's the one who apparently supposedly it was his fault that the 2008 nearly got shut down for being too violent. <laughs> but, uh, good on him, I say. Keep yeah, it violent. Listen, you know we gotta you know you have to keep it real, man. We gotta like keep these stories going yeah. and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Nemesis shows up and the two future guys square off. Ne- Purity gets taken hostage, but then promptly kicks Torquemada in the balls, as you do. <laughs> yeah. Torquemada is able to escape and the hunt continues. And then on the next page, we get this pretty great uh, Nemesis model that's I, – I, I think it's from Tony – like Tony Luke's stop motion Nemesis the Warlock um, um, short film thing. You uh, Did like, you find that? On yeah, I did. did you see that? Yeah, it's yeah. excellent. I I'd highly recommend it. Um it's uh oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's like a two minute like uh or two and a half minute like stop motion animation thing. You see Nemesis fight full worm face Torquemada, Satanus shows up, the Blitzspear's there, it's really great. <laughs> just Yeah, yeah. It's just so much going on. <laughs> it's mad and yeah. Like you get worm face Torquemada, you said, which I think is excellent. Like it's so, you know, <laughs> it's so weird to see uh, uh, so, someone even try to do like a Kev O'Neill's insanity in reality. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, impossible to, jump. to even attempt that is is so bold. Definitely. And like, in this photo strip, there are some individual panels, like the one of of um, Nemesis, kind of in full pose with his arms aloft, saying, "Don't even think about it, Torquemada." He looks pretty cool. But oh, yeah. I'm, I'm unconvinced by the swift kick from Purity to Torquemada being like, oh, no, I've been kicked. I have <laughs> to escape now. <laughs> it's got to – you know, this this feels very like a picture – you know, photo strip to me. It's got to be big, huge moves and stuff. You know, you can't, you can't leave yeah. things to subtlety with these photo strips. I think that's a very important aspect <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And speaking of um, more cut and paste action, it's – Thrill 4, Scissor Scan, Diary of an Alien Editor, and DR and Quinch. Um, more filler here. Um, we've seen these in the progs. This is a, a reprint of one. It's got the Scissor Scan that uh, features Rojaws and Hammerstein with art by Robin Smith. And the, uh, the, 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 the cut paper part lets you switch between Robusters uh, Hammerstein and uh, Agro ABC Warriors Hammerstein, just in case you need to, you know, get serious, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then after that, it's the it's it's time for a continuation of the Diary of an Alien Editor feature. Um, we saw the initial version of this back in spri- in the uh, in the, in the 1981 sci-fi special, and it's basically which was a a, a potted history of 2000 AD from Prague one to a uh, Prague 200. And then for several years, it would appear in either the the first prog or the of the year or the last prog of the year in a two forty four or two ninety seven and three forty nine, just sort of talking about what the last year in two thousand AD has been, sort of up to three fifty. Oh, and, and that's why because this one covers a big chunk of progs. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, this one picks up from three fifty and sort of goes onward to five hundred. It's another one of these sort of looking looking back things, you know. It's very important to know that Rogue Trooper skipped a couple of progs once. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the things that they pick out in this diary are delightful, but it's it's like the the biggest set of pages of in jokes. <laughs> yeah, because it's all like because also yeah when like like what the contest was like oh yeah we're, yeah. we're giving out Robo Turtles you know <laughs> I, oh. I I I do want to shout out uh, Ian Anorak Hollingsworth for helping me figure out um, where the prog versions of these were in but yeah there's some you know it's mostly just sort of short versions of a Space Spitter 2000 episode or something yeah like that. basically yeah. <laughs> Um, I noticed that Tharg says that uh, Amazing Maze Dumar was 2080's first um, le- um, lead heroine, which is a big burn on a Lorna Varn of Death Planet. Like, we've sort of put that down well, the memory hole, sure. I guess. Um, yeah, and he does. And then the next entry is uh, Halo Jones is a strong female lead. And I feel like that's a phrase that I didn't think necessarily went all the way as far back as 1987 but it's fun yeah that's you know it's funny when when these when these like industry this industry verbiage shows up yeah. so long ago for sure oh man but yeah goes to goes to prog 500 it, it, it's pretty interesting and i'd say i i would need this as a valuable resource if like barney didn't exist you know yeah yeah again it, it does you can use this to work out which stories are in which sequences of progs, I think. Yeah, because there are def- – I've definitely seen letters in like the 2080 nerve center that are, you know, when when did this story run for? You know, when mm-hmm. when did Stainless Steel Rat for President start? You know, things like that. That, you know, and, th- and this sort of provides a, an easy way to access that information. Um, next up, there's there's another pinup um, and Alan Davis, DR and Quinch, although I think this is one that we've seen before, just sort of repurposed and definitely fully colored and stuff. So it is always, you know, fun to see the lads sort of show up and, uh, you know, threaten uh, ultraviolence, yeah. you know. And this is a, I actually, this is one that I did take out of the thing and I had it on my wall for many years. But oh, nice. Luckily, but I think it must have been whenever I moved out of my parents' house, I took it down and stuck it back in the, back in my copy. <laughs> oh, that, that that's smart. Yeah, I got to keep, keep all these yeah. things together for sure. Excellent. Oh, that. That's awesome. I love hearing people actually do wall hanging stuff. I know me and Fox always talk about, you know, when there are these big posters, like putting them up somewhere. I did it once or twice in real life and it is, it, it does, uh, you know, nerd the off, nerd the wall up a little bit, which I always appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no hiding from that when you got it on the wall. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. Um, and we go to, and oh, and speaking of, uh, hiding things, it's thrill five alien enemy or enemy alien. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, script robot Mike Matthews, art robot Mike Matthews and, and Brian Talbot, lettering robot M. Dolphin. Um, and this is just a standard future shock here. Um, uh, isn't it so standard? <laughs> it's, you know, definitely, yeah, you know, two forces. They're fighting on a blasted planet. They both wear gas masks or face coverings and they remove the enemy's helmet and that's a human face. And then our narrator takes off his helmet and he's a gross alien. Ah! <laughs> Question your preconceptions. <laughs> <laughs> And let's not forget that one, if not both of them, have been guilty of plundering their own planet's natural resources. Ooh. Who could they be talking about? Makes you think, for sure. Think. (laughs) Standard. Honestly, It's possible that this twist hasn't been done before, but I can't believe it. No, it's been done like – I believe it's been done at least a dozen times. Like (laughs) – you know whether you know or or or, or variations of it where um like there's there's what looks like a robot but it's actually a human wearing a suit and the regular humans are robots all that kind of oh, stuff yeah yeah you know this is like this and like the alien invasion force being really tiny i think and um like it not being an alien planet but earth in the future are like some of your primary um future shock yeah. <laughs> methods you know 
maybe those ones and just aliens being very literal for some reason or something like that. You know, like, I'll, I'll send you back where you came from to the ruins of this ship you were in that crashed. Oh, you're going to drown. Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Always very tricky, those aliens. And speaking of tricks, it's Thrill Six, Layers and Snares. Um, this one's actually, we just uh, covered this one pretty recently on the show in Prague 503. We got the winner of the Layers and Snares contest, which was to, um, at the end of the slain Tomb of Terror story, to design a fiendish trap that could um, catch Slain and his friends, and you could win an original piece of art if you, uh, if, if you won. Um, we just saw the winner, which was sort of this thing where you kill a goblin and then its body triggers a rock that falls on your head, which is pretty solid. Did they show the winner in the prog as well? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and and actually a much bigger close-up of the actual um, winning entry than the one that we see in the special, where it's pretty yeah. like small and like and like hard to read. But this one, but the special has has all like these runner-ups, which are which are also pretty great, I think. Yeah, these are pretty fun. Like there's some there's some inventive ideas for traps, and they've they've laid it out and. Yeah, I, I suspect I probably didn't read this when I had it in back in the olden days. I was it's, like, competition winner, I didn't win, I don't want to read it anymore. <laughs> it's very much the equivalent of like a tech story or something like that, yeah. where it's like, this is more for if you've got the sci-fi special and you're like on summer holiday and you're, you've really reached, like you're in like hour four of the, of the car trip and you just need anything to keep your mind occupied. So you yeah. read all these words in the, uh, in the tech story or in the, uh, in the letters and snares winners, you know? Yeah. There's some actually like the, the, as you say they're pretty good. Like there's a, the one that they, they call out Pat Mills for laughing when he read it about the the now wash your hands trap is a I can see that actually having been in the Slain comic. <laughs> Definitely, where the yeah. trap is that after you go to the toilet, the sign says wash your hands, but because you're a barbarian, you wouldn't do that, and that's how you escape the trap. And only the virtuous knights get caught by the whatever it is the um, exploding sink. Yeah, actually, yeah. It also like calls out the fact that like nobody goes to the bathroom in um, comic strips. <laughs> Yeah. Although then Thar gets real pedantic and says the two or three times when people in 2018 have gone to the bathroom. Yeah, there's a list that someone has to count now. <laughs> oh man, I, he lists two or like like Ucko once, and then um like this guy that was killed by a, sh- a shape changer in Strontium Dog who was going to the bathroom, but then um, attacked by a monster. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also another one. Um, there's two second place winners. One's the bathroom one. The other one is a door that when you walk through, it warps you back in time. And I like this one just because they've – to illustrate it, they've actually used um, art from the Prague sort of over and over again to yeah. illustrate what the, uh, what, the, what the time loop looks like, which, which, which I think is an, an inventive way to do, to do it and actually maybe, yeah. maybe to, get your, to get your letter printed, you know? Yeah. But both these second place winners got 20 pounds, which is pretty solid. Um, yeah, that's good money. Yeah. We also see uh, a third runner-up where you a uh, device that basically turns you into a pudding. There's a deadly falling snake statue. And my favorite, which is a trap, which is just sort of a dead dragon with a bunch of like uh, dead adventurers around it. And obviously, if you see a dragon, your first impulse is going to be to cut off the dragon's head to be a cool dude. But when you do that, the dragon's neck is like full of mutant maggots that eat you alive. Oh, no. It's pretty gross. <laughs> it's pretty gross. And I just like that that it, it assumes how adventurers would deal with finding a dragon there. Like, oh, yes, I will I will steal the glory of having slain this dragon because I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm a scumbag adventurer, I guess. Um, <laughs> but all those guys won lesser prizes. And there's also a uh, an honorary mention that won no prize but has cool art of a chained up corpse with a deadly ground – with a, a, a deadly crown on it and stuff. So yeah, it's really cool. We'll put so- this one in here too. <laughs> It's one of those like where I don't know if it's a child, but they've put the effort to draw every single link in the rotting chainmail, and that that the kind of dedication impresses. Yeah, it. I think this one, like the uh, like the, the this chained up guy, also has a real feel of like that this era's like Dungeons and Dragons books, <laughs> like yeah, like I don't know if you've if if, if you've ever seen like a like a first edition D and D book, but they their their art style is actually pretty similar to this to uh, this chained up guy. Reminiscent for you know brings back some nostalgia for me, which is you know all that I have, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It brings me back. Um, Bring back the past. I also like the fact that this like child's entry into a competition is way superior to the facing page where there's an advert with some presumably professional artwork of a child wearing pajamas that could not be. <laughs> <more feeble. laughs> 
you know, it can get. I, I I don't know if I have that ad in my in my digital version. Oh man, uh-huh. uh, things get rough in these it, in these stories. You know, <laughs> if you want to know, the ad shows um, you can get exclusive pajamas and toweling robes, and it shows a, a small boy wearing what looks like um, Harry Twenty cosplay with a Judge Dread badge sign on where his name should be. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. I mean, listen, I know it's probably not great, but I mean, we've seen ads for them around Christmas and stuff, too. Just the idea yeah, of a, uh, of a Judge Dredd uh, 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 bathrobe or dressing yeah. gown or something like that. Ooh, that just, it really, uh, really uh, picks yeah. my, uh, my like 80s kid like need of like underoos and like things that have spider It, it comes in a range of know? sizes. So if you've got, if you've got uh, 15 pounds to spare to send back in time to 1987, man. get your 36-inch chest robe. In I the feel bike. like I feel like I could fit into that in nineteen eight when I was not in, in nineteen eighty seven. Like <laughs> six year old Conrad might be able to fit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of exciting dread action, it's Thrill Seven Judge Dread and time it's for Daily Star Dread time. Daily Star Dread time always a feature in the in all these specials and um and annuals and always a lot of fun just you know Ron, John Wagner Ron Smith doing these stories real you know getting in getting out doing a, fa- a fast story that's fun and just gives you you know your your weekly dose of dread for sure. Yeah, we've got dread being on full bully mode for these episodes. <laughs> Absolutely. These ones all went um were published in uh, July and August of 1986. The first one's pretty simple. Uh, there's there's a super loud boombox guy getting in the way of Dread given directions, so he just blows that thing away. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even arrest the guy. That's ridiculous. Um, no, next, I guess the punishment is that he's had his boombox destroyed. Definitely, yeah. It's you got to save up forever for one of those in Mega City One. You know. <laughs> um, next, I like this one a lot. Actually, there's a there's a knock at a citizen's door, and they call in the Justice Department. Dread arrives and shoots a mugger that's standing at the perp's door, and mm. he's like, "How did you know it was a mugger and not a judge and not an actual judge?" And the citizen says, "Oh, he was the the man was so polite when when he knocked on my door. Judges just break the door down." Yeah. <laughs> Dread does not question this logic. No, he's like, oh, that's fair. Like, I, I agree fair. with you. Yeah, good. Uh, I, I like the art here of just there's a really good shot of like uh, of the of the Ron Smith special um, Judge Dread ankle holster in here, and I was like a, a chance to, to 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 check one of those. Oh out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's like, pretty good. Um, Dread shooting through the perp's chest and, and lots of exit wounds. Definitely, it's bad times, you know. Oh, actually. <laughs> That's actually pretty graphic for a newspaper strip, I must say, just in terms of like showing yeah. violence and stuff. You can't, you, you can barely show exit wounds in 2000 AD sometimes. Um, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, maybe they could get away with more in, in the Daily Star. Yeah. I, this complete tangent, but seeing this panel reminds me that when I first saw the, the new Dread movie 2012, the thing that struck me most was just how horrifically violent it was. And thinking, when you see what people like Ron Smith do in the comic as a movie, you're like, whoa. <laughs> That is intense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely one of those things where, um, with comics, you can just kind of like like turn away and not really look at the fact that like Dreads just shot five guys or something. Yeah, like that, you know, when you're in a movie, you kind of have to show it a little bit more. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It's not just one panel. It's like you know a minute or something of film time. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. You know, it's a hard life in Mega City One for sure. <laughs> As we see, and this is, I guess, an an alternative to to physical to physical violence or or visible mm. violence, where some criminals yeah. are are holed up in a building and they won't come out with their hands up. So instead, just dread just shoots him with a high explosive round and blows up the whole building. <laughs> now the perps are just all like 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 in mummy bandages in the hospital. And they're like, ah, oh, dread's not that tough. We he still hasn't made us put our hands up because they're all like you know out to their side <laughs> and like plaster, you know. <laughs> Um, final story, a side judge gets an image of an explosion done by a perp named Bob Patters. Judges swarm the scene, but the only explosion is Bob's bubble gum. <laughs> and they say, uh, you know, a side division can't always be right, I guess, just a false alarm. But at least they can arrest this kid because he spat his gum out and Dredd just stepped in it. Awesome. I love when people get arrested for littering and stuff in Mega City One. It's always the, you know, the best low key crimes where it's just like, yeah, listen, three months for littering. Get out three of months. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never, never missed an opportunity. To Absolutely. put someone down. Yeah, you know, you got to do it. And and speaking of um, questionable law enforcement practices, <laughs> <laughs> it's Thrill 8, Strontium Dog. 
A script about John Wagner's TB Grover. Art about Carlos Escare, letting her about Tom Frame. Classic Strontium Dog here from Star Lord 8 through 10. Um, we start with uh, Johnny Alpha and Wolf, RIP, as they arrive on the planet mm-hmm. Cersei to find it an utter desolation following a neutron bomb war. Which feels very like late 70s, actually, this idea of like neutron bombs that are like, uh, uh, you know, atomic bombs, but they don't really destroy um, like property that much. They just kill people, you know? Yeah, that's uh, not a nice time. Definitely. But also something that, that I feel like a 1978 kid reading the Star-Lord would be specifically afraid of. So you got to show it's, a, it's after effects in yeah. a Star-Lord, you know? Um, the plant's supposed to be deserted, but someone named McIntyre has a job for Johnny and Wolf. Inside a building, they meet this boss who who is a computer. Yeah. So John Wagner likes to have computers be evil. Definitely. Must be evil. Yeah, good evil computers here. It demands they enter on their knees, but Wolf is not impressed by it or the fact that it's a robot, that it's a computer named McIntyre. Um, yeah, and- <laughs> I don't get that reference. <laughs> Me either, actually. It seems like yeah. it's something. I don't know. But um, yeah. so instead, in, so the computer sends out his robot cringe to talk to them. And we learn that McIntyre changes his name quite a bit. Like previously, it was like a tour of the terrible or something. Next year, it could be something else. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, we learn that basically there was a war on the planet and only robots survived except for about 20 or so of the natives called the jocks. And so Johnny Alpha's job is to bring them in and, uh, you know, make them all swear fealty to McIntyre. And if they do, he can take one item of value from the planet. That sounds like it's setting up a, a clever ending there. Definitely, yeah. I just want to say I, I really love the design of Cringe here. He's got like these bug eyes and this like round body. His like his arms are coming out of his ears and stuff. He's a very fun model. He, he reminds me a lot. Actually, yeah, of, it's meant to be a bit like a frog or something, or something. I guess a toad is probably the more. Yeah, definitely. Like the, the animal thing, like because he, he's he's basically being created by McIntyre to fawn over his every word, and <laughs> yeah. it being a, a Wagner evil robot, he's got a kind of a curious impediment, which in this case is that he's he's deaf. Right. Just, <laughs> got to have something. <laughs> yeah. He 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 kind of reminds me of a hedonism bot from a Futurama. If you're familiar with that, although you can still move around, but it's still like okay. has a, has a similar look, I guess. Uh-huh. But um, anyway, Johnny is given a, a a spider bot named Crawl to help find the jocks, and it's a real creepy like spider robot that just hangs on his shoulder. Yeah. You know, not nothing uh, ominous here, of course. Um, the uh, the Strontium dogs wander the ruins and discuss like working for computers instead of people. Wolf doesn't like it, but I guess it does have legal authority on this planet because the people ceded control to this robot like many years ago. And it is kind of an interesting. Like we don't have the full backstory of Wolf just yet, but you could definitely see how a Viking from like 760 or something would be. Un- uncomfortable with robots being in control yeah. as opposed to people. But there's a, there's other, like, there's also, they both seem comfortable with the idea that these people agree to certain laws and they will stick by them and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it is an, like, it is an interesting thing of the Strontium Dog as, like, law enforcement officer that I, mm. I, I, I think is less a thing in, like, more, or in the Strontium Dog stuff we've, like, we're at on, on, on the main show where they're much more just straight up bounty hunters and aren't yeah, actual, they, you don't like, get the impression cops. that they're particularly on the side of the law. They're just on the side of getting yeah, paid. Exactly. Um, but anyway, you know, they suddenly they get a feeling that they're being watched and are attacked by laser beams. The dogs give chase. They corner three of the jocks and Johnny stuns two of them when suddenly a whole bunch of them appear and attack them. And pretty cool. Johnny keeps his blasters to stun as Wolf wades in with the happy stick. Always a good time. Uh, he stuns a couple more and says his next shots will be lethal. And the jocks are like, wait, you haven't been killing us already? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they assumed that they were here to kill them under orders from McIntyre. And Johnny says, Here, just, he's just there to bring them in, not kill them. And at this point, the jocks are like, ah, maybe we should have a discussion, I guess. They take them to the base deep underground. The leaders explain that while McIntyre, once called Milton the Marvelous, was a benevolent robot leader, as the years passed, it became twisted with power. You know, a- as you do with a with a robot overlord, I guess. Um, yeah, of course. You know, they- 
they're always going to keep that power. Uh, and we learned that legally that you need set like uh, a quorum of 27 people to shut down McIntyre and make him no longer control the planet. And they were going to do that when McIntyre started the neutron war that destroyed all of the uh, all of the uh, like like living beings on the planet. So we're sort of learning, like, like McIntyre is actually like pretty evil and like genocidal if you if yeah. you let him go, you know. Um, but the Jackson- their plan, I, I love their plan, which is to just repopulate until they hit twenty-seven people. Yeah, they're they all, they're almost there because they've got one pregnant member, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. It's a it's a, a victory through population, I guess. Or yeah. Something. Um, use that device more. Yeah, it, I mean, it is a cool long-term plan. You know, someday we'll have enough people, and then and then we'll win. You know, <laughs> but um, Johnny thinks, oh, like surely uh, McIntyre's had enough of killing, and if you guys just swear fealty, he'll be things will, have, will be fine, right? Yeah. Wrong. It turns Wrong. out Kroll is actually another neutron bomb, and he's going to kill them all. And like at this point, we get some quick, just sort of hand waving about why a time device wouldn't save them in this situation, which doesn't seem very realistic because of how they end up escaping this situation. But whatever. <laughs> I think it's meant to be that if if they all cuddle together, then they could have done it. But the the jocks run away. Yeah, it's, but it's, I it, guess it, is the logic, but it, there's not really logic. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you could have like warped the bomb into outer space or something like that too. But whatever. Um, they there's no way to use a time device to stop the bomb from exploding. Johnny is forced to use his alpha vision to try to disarm it, but there isn't enough time. Just before the bomb explodes, Wolf activates a time bomb, warping him and Johnny um, away from the ensuing explosion. Like a three mile radius is destroyed. The jocks are dead, and Johnny's been played for a sucker. That oh, he does not like that. It's time for revenge. <laughs> this is a proper rage-filled Johnny Alpha here. Definitely, yeah. Early, uh, early visions of what he would become. You know, you don't want to play that play Johnny Alpha for a sucker for sure. Yeah. I mean, we we see we always see glimpses of this pre-rage where Johnny can kind of get to a very vengeful mood. I remember that time he like. Uh, went against this poker champion and like killed it, killed the champion and like dumped all the chips on his body and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. He's a pretty intense guy. Definitely intense. For sure. Um, And this story, so he's coming up when he's like, it's, Shooting him is too easy. I'm going to go in with my bare fists. That's right. Listen, you know he uh, he needs a challenge. The, our, yeah. our our Johnny Alpha, yeah, because McIntyre and his robot goons aren't taking Johnny's swearing of revenge lying down. And soon there's a robot squads dispatched to kill Johnny and Wolf from all over. Luckily, they're able to take him out pretty quickly, even as McIntyre dispatches more squads. Because, yeah, like you said, it seems like the robots are out of practice and like they haven't had their weapons fixed in a long time. So they're just really easy to take down to the point where, yeah. like, they just t- Johnny just takes out his electro nucks and Wolf gets his happy yeah. stick. And they I'm going to play this game hand. on hard mode now, he says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. R- r- ramp it up, you know? Even the giant robot boss that, that shows up is no match for them. As we pretty awesomely see Johnny take out its force field with his electro nucks, and then Wolf hits it with a thermo bomb and melts it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the boys have destroyed every single robot in the planet and returned to the sphere where McIntyre waits to claim their reward. And their reward, because it could be anything on the planet, is the final robot left. My guy cringe. No. They take him as legal Don't planet. leave me on my own. Yeah. Now McIntyre is the ruler and sole occupant of a deserted planet. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the first in a long line of johnny's creative revenge on bad people yeah definitely it's got a very yeah portion of a mutant feel of just you know f- zooming out on this planet as we see mcintyre forlornly asking like won't someone like talk to him and like be his minion and stuff yeah. <laughs> it's very <laughs> megalo- megalomaniacal kind of loneliness but loneliness all the same you know man this is a this is what i'd i'd i i wish had been picked back up you know I really think like uh, some Johnny Alpha villain could team up with this planet and like get revenge on on Johnny some way or another, you know? Could happen. But I guess the Star-Lord stuff is sort of non-canonical, so you can't really go back to it. (laughs) (laughs) Always tough. But hey, uh, speaking of exciting action, Alex, I must know, what were your top and bottom thrills for this sci-fi special? Uh... It's it's not a good special, Conrad. Mm. I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> I I feel like 
I, I don't like giving the kind of top and bottom to to reprints. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, the the Strontium Dog and the the Daily Star Dreads were the best things, but keeping it kind of authentic with what was new in this special, <laughs> um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give top thrill to the to Judge Dread Heatwave mm-hmm. just for uh, Mike Collins drawing um, spontaneous melting man yes. and the four horsemen wielding their size. Yeah, some amazing art um, in that special for or in that story for sure. Yeah, and I think bottom thrill has to go to enemy alien. Ah, reasonable. The enemy isn't the alien. The alien is the enemy. Whoa, oh, my mind's blown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although it has a cool logo, you know, in a in a comic. I almost wanted to give the hit list as the top thrill because it meant so much to me growing up, but that's that's ridiculous. So I won't do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's always an option for sure. Um, yeah. So that's mine. How about you, Conrad? What were your top and bottom thrills for oh. the Nice A7 sci-fi special? Oh, man. You know, there's a lot. There's some decent options in here for both, I think, although this wasn't great. <laughs> like, I've, you know, I've seen so many of these now. I feel like my my sense of taste for these special for specials and annuals is really out of whack where it's like, mm. like, listen, like there wasn't a there wasn't a weird tech story. So I feel like that kind of puts it in the top in the top tier of, of That's a good point, actually. Stuff. Yeah, I should be grateful for that. <laughs> like I've I've suffered through some weird stuff in my day, you know? Um <laughs> yeah. I think I'm gonna actually. I think I, I might join you generally. I really liked this uh, th- this dread story. It was really crazy. I really liked. I I really liked the art, both like you said, of the actual four horsemen attacking, and just of the slice of life life of Mega City One stuff of just citizens walking around being all hot and stuff. I think that was that's yeah. that's really great stuff. And I'm always a fan of just slice of life of Mega City One. Although I am bummed by its ending of it, of it being just a dream, I, that that's not enough to like take it out of the top spot. I think, and then you know, like I want to hate on the uh, on the Nemesis photo strip just because it's so famously hateable. But honestly, yeah. like I appreciate the ambition of the Nemesis photo strip. Yeah, know? I think I'm with you on that. And yeah, like, they, they, they tried it, you know, and it's it's not. Yeah, I it's mean, not nothing. Just building a giant like nemesis head out of like paper mache or something yeah. like that in in my backyard is more than I'd ever do, and so I got to appreciate just the uh, the audacity of attempting yeah. it. You know? Do you do you think the person wearing the nemesis head could see? No, no way. <laughs> like I'm I'm thinking of I I I'm not sure if it is, but it seems very similar to the one that's also in that uh, Strike Back. Um, music video that had a nemesis in it and i think all you can really do in 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 this nemesis head is just kind of like dance around and hope that that you don't knock too too many things near you over you yeah. know hope you don't get your spine trapped on the lamppost exactly because i because yeah. i mean if it did have eyes they'd be in like his mouth or something it'd be like yeah. a, a complicated <laughs> stuff, you know <laughs> Yeah, and then so I, I think I, I'm going to join you with um, Enemy Alien being on the bottom just because it's such a, a baseline future shock. Yeah. Like it's very much like, you know, the, the same thing we've had over and over again. So it's, you know. If, it's, if you've never read one before, it, maybe it would be the best story you've ever read. I mean, there is some good like writing in it in the narration of like talk of, of this alien talking about like destroying the world and stuff the way that um you know not dissimilar to humanity's actions and stuff. Yeah, like like that's it, pretty. It, it's some nice designs for the spacesuits and these kind of weird ray guns they have. Yeah, definitely. It's all right. Yeah, it's fine, but I'm also very much yeah. like, uh, but it's still just like, ooh, like you know, the the person you're sympathizing with is the alien, and the bad guy's the human. Whoa, that's Whoa. kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I've just I feel like I've seen it a thousand times before at this point, you know. And then yeah, I I like the Strontium Dog story. Always good to see classic Strontium Dog, and of course the uh, the Daily Dredge remain a lot of fun. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, agreement. <laughs> consensus on the special hey you know i feel like you know these specials are relatively short so it's easy to you know i, I feel like the cream rises to the top pretty easily you know <laughs> I mean? excellent and speaking of the cream ri- rising to the top i hope everybody enjoyed the show as always you can find space spinner 2000 on itunes stitcher the google play store or a podcast site space spinner 2000 feel.com feel free to contact space spinner 2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or our facebook instagram and twitter pages on twitter at space spinner 2k everything else with space spinner 2000 we should be there just saying it real fast alex where can we find heroes of 2000 ad uh you can find it i think heroes of 2000 ad.blogspot.com but what i always say is 
what you if you want to know anything about a 2000 AD creator type in their name and 2000 AD and it usually comes up on the first page of Google because not enough people are writing about these guys I can absolutely confirm this yes that that's <laughs> why I found the blog you know? yeah <laughs> Awesome. Um, and okay, if you if you want to ask me a question, I guess the easiest way to find me is through the 2000AD forums. Um, yeah, that's where we met up and uh, where where yeah. where you asked to be on the show. I'm really excited about it. We this this show. I should tell everybody has been a long time coming. I think Alex, you asked to do this episode almost a year or no over a year ago. Yeah. So I'm really stoked that we could get to a point where we could actually talk about it. Yeah, and yeah. Be able to hold on I, I kind of figured you know? that no, this special couldn't have a special place in many people's hearts, but for for the hit list for me, it's like, yeah, that's my origin story. So Amazing. I'll put my name down. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. And oh, okay. Thank you for having me. Definitely. And come back next time as Bad Company, Slain, and The Dead all reach their conclusions. 2000 AD celebrates its 10th birthday with Prog 520. We'll get new stories from Judge Anderson, Nemesis the Warlock, and Rogue Trooper, plus an all-star Judge Dredd, and the iconic Strontium Dog Shower scene. Yay! <laughs> it's exciting! Until then, I'm Conrad, they're Alex, and we are Space Spitter 2000! Splunding for the three!